Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here. And I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey guys, Sean here. I did a non-wrestling podcast and had a lot of you asking me to drop it in the Fightful feed. Uh, Because it's not wrestling, it will not regularly be on this feed. So go to youtube.com slash srswrestling to check it out. There will be more information if I drop an audio version. But right now, you can find it at youtube.com slash srswrestling. Hey, I'm Sean Ross Sapp. This is the Really Vague Podcast. Really vague podcast. I know a lot of you are asking, what, what's he doing? He's got another podcast. He's got another show. I'm asking myself that too. It's, we're in a quarantine age right now. But let me tell you, if you want pro wrestling, hit the bricks. Hit the bricks. I got enough shows with that. Uh, I might talk about my job a little bit, but, but it's not going to be pro wrestling, anything like that. I'm just going to sound off a little bit. You're going to ask yourself probably, why, why should I care? Why should I care? I don't have a good answer for you. I'm going to be honest. Do not have a good answer for the question of why you should care about what I'm talking about. I'm surprised people, some people care about pro wrestling, about what I have to say about it. Much less all this other stuff. So here we are. Really vague podcast. I thought about calling it the pretty vague podcast. I put out a tweet and I said, hey, I need help naming a pretty vague podcast it's not about wrestling and then i thought hell i I could call it the pretty vague podcast i could do that and then i was like you know pvp kind of sounds like an std so i'm not gonna do that rvp sounds like a respiratory issue which i don't know if that's any better in the current landscape we're in but here we are anyway quarantine i saw it coming you guys Saw it coming. I was doing a uh, podcast about three weeks ago on a Wednesday night, and one of, one of the few benefits of working online is you see all the panic buying in big cities before you see it here in my city of 200. So I told my wife that I was going to hit the bricks and go, go to our local grocer, and uh, I did at midnight and stocked up, and we've been good ever since, fortunately. I'm not going to put them over. They're not, they're not paying us for nothing, but... 
uh, you always hear, oh, what are you doing under quarantine? What are you doing under quarantine? Why you, why you can't go out? My life hasn't changed that much. Wrestling, which is what I do for a day job, it hasn't it hasn't stopped at the top levels. So we're still covering that. We still do that. I, I work from a home office, so that hasn't changed. But I guess I do more yard work now. I bought I bought some hedge trimmers. Bought some hedge trimmers, and our hedges outside are so big, I couldn't get the very top. I don't have a ladder tall enough. So right now, my hedges have a mohawk. I don't know what I'm going to do about that. Because you can't just... I, my, my hedges have a better haircut than me right now, because I'm used to getting my hair cut every couple weeks now, and now it's been since, I don't know, Ricky Henderson stole 130 bases since I had a real haircut. That's starting to bother me, but other than that, not a lot's changed. I go outside more. I take more trips outside. I'll go sit on the porch, and I'll go, <sighs> then I'll walk right back in the house. There's a lot more of that going on around here. My wife is home a lot more. That's pretty cool. Uh, I do enjoy that. She's a school teacher, her first semester too. So she's around a lot more. But I bought us baseball gloves last week. She has never played baseball in her life. She has had no desire to play baseball in her life. I'm not that sure why I bought them. I don't know if I thought I was like going to start a softball team with who in my backyard. But they have been bought. Those gloves had been procured. Mine has the pinky out too wide. I don't like that, man. I like to be comfortable when I'm holding the glove. But uh, yeah, that that lasted one good session of of catch before that was abandoned. I don't know. We got some outdoor games like the cornhole and the disc slam and all that. But really, there's nothing else you can do. Our parks, which we have pretty nice parks around here, they're all closed. Can't go there. Can't go feed the ducks. Ducks don't want to have anything to do with you. Even the ducks are like, don't give me that bread. I don't know where it's been. I mean, the thing I really hate right now is the truthers, the, the edge lords that are trying to be like, oh man, the government's not going to stop me from going outside. Man, keep going, buddy. You're going to be the one that catches it. You're going to be the one that catches it. But about baseball gloves, I like to think that I'd still be good at baseball when I I don't know, I say still good, like still good compared to when the second grade, the last time I was any good at it, maybe. I don't know. I stopped growing after the second grade. I really did. Uh so by the third grade or fourth grade, when I moved school districts, I wasn't I wasn't in the first three of the batting order, I wasn't playing the infield anymore. And I was like, What's going on, man? I used to be good, and then I realized, oh, everybody else grew four inches over the summer. You didn't. So I was no longer good at baseball. You know what? I could take four in a row, though. I could take four pitches in a row. I coached Little League one time. I worked for a Boys and Girls Club of America. And uh, at the time, this is probably 12 years ago, I coached Little League Baseball, and it was the Bad News Bears, except I did not have a drinking problem, but I had a real coaching problem because I was not good at it. And the kids in that league anyway were not, they weren't sending their best, as they say. I mean, this was really a league that used to be really good in our city, and it it had been taken over by like two or three. And (laughs) there were a bunch of kids that signed up late. And when a bunch of kids sign up late for like the third best league in the city, you know that either they don't care or their parents don't care. It's one or the other. Maybe both. 
But my boss came up to me and said, hey, why don't you coach this team? And I said, no. She said, we'll pay you overtime. And I said, all right, I'll do it. And it was okay. I mean, I, I didn't like doing it. I'm not going to pretend that I like doing it because some of the, the coaches of the other teams, they were they were the dads who had played in <laughs> in this league years before. They were the dads that had played in the Tom Browning Boys and Girls Club for decades prior. And they took this very seriously, way more serious than I or any of the kids that, that I coached did. And I even said to one of the kids' parents, I'm like, listen, your kid's too good for this. How do I know? Because he can catch a ball when it's thrown at him. Get him in the other league next year as soon as possible. So I remember first game. I'll never forget it. Had one of my good friends there coaching with me. I didn't even know he liked baseball. Didn't even know he knew the rules of baseball, but he was okay. And it was like an unwritten rule in this league because the kids were were not good. The, the children were not good at the baseball. And you could count on it every single time the catcher threw the ball back to the pitcher, pitcher would drop it. Pitcher would drop it. All day long. You, it happened 200 times, 200 times a day. So it was like an unwritten rule. Ah, you know what? We'll let the pitcher reset. Well, I had this one coach that would always send his runners on that. And my my pitcher, or nobody's pitcher is going to throw the ball to second base. One, they probably ain't going to get the ball from uh, the pitching mound to second base. It was hard enough for them to get across home plate. But if they do, it's going to sail six feet above another kid's head or bounce four feet in front of him. And I was like, man, are you serious? And he would keep sending these kids and sending these kids and sending these kids. I was like, damn, man, I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I'm all for winning. I'm a very competitive person. I'm like, these are little kids. I don't believe in the participation trophy crap, but I was like, hey, man, kind of an unwritten rule, and I don't care about unwritten rules, but if you say that's how it is, that's how it's going to be. And I was pretty kind to the guy, I thought. I thought I was pretty nice to the dude. But he was like, no, man, we're about winning. We're going to win. And I was like, all right, cool. So we get into the dugout, and these kids are not good. And they know they're not good. And I said to my kids, do you all want to just swing away, or do you want to win? Because you all can do what you want. You're second graders. I don't care. And they said, we want to win. So I told them to take every single pitch in the next inning. And we got out there, and that guy's pitcher walked in nine runs in a row, which was the maximum allowed in that league. You played yourself. I don't know why that story came rushing back to me because I bought a baseball glove for the first time in, I don't know, 12, 13 years, but it did. Don't play yourself, man. Let the kids have fun. Man, 12, 13 years. We're, we're two decades removed from that. Like, it was in the 2000s. And you know what I hate? I hate people that are stickler for the decades. I, I do a lot of stats for my, my day job. And I consider 2020 the new decade, and there is nothing more that I hate than somebody coming up and being like, yeah, well, actually, the Lord Jesus Christ was born in the, the, the one, so this isn't really another decade. I tell you what, if you are a stickler about what consists of a decade, I guarantee you, you have seen no, no butts, no human butts in your life. I'm not going to say male or female because I'm not an asshole and I don't care whether you've seen a male or a female butt. But no human butts, at least in a sensual manner. You have never seen one. If you are the person that is saying, 
Yeah, well, decades are not actually what everybody thinks. Man, who cares? Who cares? It's the apocalypse. I gotta have this by my side at all times, pulling it out like a six-shooter on my hands. And people are worried about what 2020 is or isn't. No butt scene. Zero. Maybe you're not a butt person. I don't care. But you haven't seen one in a sensual manner if you have ever said that. Never. I don't like it. I don't like it. I wonder what you guys think about this table. This is a dining room table we don't use and all the podcasters have these wooden desks. But mine reflects and all that stuff and it's too round. I need a long one. I need to have one made. I got this dark background. I don't know. This time off has led me, not time off, but it's led me to think a lot more about furniture, that's for sure. I'm hoarding couches. My great aunt was like, hey, do you want this couch? And I'm like, not really, but I'm not going to pass it up in this economy. I'm not going to let it go. So now we got a couch out in my home gym. I don't, even, I don't know what we're going to do with it. I'm just thinking, and I was thinking, do end tables even get made anymore? I can't remember the last time I bought an end table. And I'm sorry to all you end table enthusiasts out there, but I don't believe in them. I don't believe in an end table. I think a good table right right in front of the right in front of the couch is good. I don't believe in that end table. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply business and I'm not entirely convinced that end tables are still in production and I told one of my friends that I was like man I haven't I haven't thought about buying an end table I've lived in this same house for nine years now I haven't thought about buying an end table years before that I never thought about buying an end table and she said oh I bought one like a year and a half ago and I was like they got you man they they came on TV with that Sarah McLaughlin all the end tables are dying. You gotta save them. Sob story stuff. Probably, probably Al Borland, not Sarah McLaughlin. That sounds like something he would do instead. They got her ass, man. They got her with the old end table gag. Mm. You gotta feel for people like that. She didn't know this economic collapse was gonna happen, and there she was, a year and a half ago, spending all her money on end tables. I don't like it. I don't like it. I feel bad feel like she was taken advantage of. And that will never be me. Not with an end table. Not this guy. Been around too long for that. Been around too long to go out and to, to the store and consciously 
purchase an end table. Not going to be me. Hope you guys don't take this podcast too seriously, especially people that are watching from the wrestling world, because uh, I'm not. I'm not. Been watching a lot of stuff on the television, obviously. They got those in-theater gimmicks now, where you can buy the movie or you're renting the movie that was in the theaters or was supposed to be in the theaters before all this stuff went down. And I'll admit, I I plopped down right after I talked about not spending money on end tables. I plopped down 20 bucks on two of them. The Hunt with Betty Gilpin from uh, Glow. She was awesome. It's like a pseudo-political parody version of The Condemned, and it's pretty good, honestly. I thought that she was awesome. She was hilarious. She's a character I want to see more of. She was real good. Uh, the price point, it confused me at first. I'm like, damn, 20 bucks. Then I think, man, these theaters got to make back their money. You got to like take out a second mortgage on your home to afford popcorn at one of those places. If you get a freestyle Coke, you're you're already out like... In my little town, you're already out 12 bucks for popcorn and that. You go next door to the Rural King, and they know what's up. The, the stores next to the theaters, they always know what's up. Because they have their candy. They, they Of course, they have candy by the register. But they have a dedicated candy section that is specifically, without posting a sign above it, it's theater smuggling candy. You got your raisinets there. Like, who would put raisinets up there by the front of the store unless they knew you came there to buy it for a dollar? That way you didn't have to buy it for $12 at the theater. Because you know what you're doing. You're buying the raisinets. You're saying, hey, respective lady friend, man friend, whoever's got the clutch or the big pockets, they're saying, we're smuggling that in. That's going in there. And they have that section there for you. But the movie theaters got to make their money back, their presumptuous money back anyway. So they're charging this 20 bucks, And I was like, ah, you know what? It had been 15 bucks for the ticket anyway. We always go out to dinner before. We'll cook dinner. It'll save us money anyway. Not that bad. That bill hits, and I'm like, eh, okay. But in the time, I thought it was worth it. We saw Invisible Man. That was very good. Elizabeth Moss, very good. Shane Helms said that he thought it was mediocre at best. I thought he was joking because I put Invisible Man is a must watch and Shane Helms commented and he said, not really. And I thought it was him being a smart ass like it's not must watch because the man is invisible so you can't actually see him. Because <laughs> that's how Shane is. He's, he busts balls. He's funny. But I just put LOL or I put I think I put a gif or a picture of Adam Hangman Page, who you guys don't know, staring at him. He's a pro wrestler. These are pro wrestlers I'm talking about, for those who don't know. And he was like, no, really, it was mediocre at best. And I was like, damn, I thought he was just busting my balls. He really didn't like that movie. I respect his taste, too. He has pretty good taste and stuff. But uh, I thought it was pretty good. And my friend, my, my IRL best friend, was like, ah, I don't know. There were some parts of it that I didn't find possible. And to me, a horror movie, I don't even want to watch if I can't suspend my disbelief in it. If I can't believe that this would happen, then I don't I don't want to watch it. And the idea was the Invisible Man was like super rich, a billionaire, I think, that was high up in the optics world and could create an invisible suit. So I was like, you know what? 
Not realistic, but I can get behind the explanation. They, they went the extra mile. They told me. They explained it. I was cool with that. I was surprised how many people didn't like it. Now, there are some things like a little girl getting slapped and, and her <laughs> her thinking it was somebody else. I could get that, but eh, I suspended my disbelief a little bit. I liked it. I thought it was good. Come on. You all already know I'm on that Ozark. Watch it in 36 hours. Got it done. Damn. Jason Bateman's good in everything he does. Julia Garner is not... She Julia Garner does not get into projects that aren't good. She either diligently reads everything, has a fantastic agent, or is really lucky because like everything that she's in wins awards. And I don't think that's a coincidence at this point. I think she's just real fucking good at what she does. She is a fantastic actress. Uh, let me tell you, I see... I know a lot of people that are like the character that she plays, and she plays it very well. She plays that southern, don't-give-a-shit girl very, very, very well. That show rules, and it's like the the gift and the curse of binge-watching, because I've already watched that season, and I had to wait two years for this season. It's my second favorite show of all time behind The Goat, Breaking Bad, but I had to wait two years for this season already. And now I'm like, damn, with, with the corona, corona mania running wild, uh, just far less racist than Hulkamania, like, I don't know if it's going to be another two years. I don't know if it'll be three years. I don't know how long it'll be before we get to see this great show that I love so much. I don't know how long it'll be. Kind of worries me. But I thought it was really good. thought it was really good, man. Everybody's talking about Tiger King. I thought it was overrated, man. I really did. I'm not sure what's up with these documentary shows where they feel like they got to stretch everything out to like seven, eight episodes. McMillions did that. That went downhill after episode one. McMillions went downhill after that one fella, I can't remember his name, the FBI agent with all the, the personality who needs his own show. He was so heavily featured in episode one. After that, it was it was downhill from there because he wasn't in it that much. Feel bad for not remembering his name because he was so good, but um, that and making a murderer season two like I, I didn't need that to be that long. The Gabriel Fernandez story like I man I feel bad uh, for what happened that didn't need to be that long. Tiger King did not need to be that long, and you can see the producers the producers weren't stupid about this. They had like his ex husband filming interviews with his shirt off and they filmed a dude in the tub and they did all that and they really sensationalized it and that's okay that's that's what they're doing they made him a superstar overnight i thought abducted in plain sight was way crazier i had all these people that were posting and sending me stuff that were like man this is crazy so many twists so many turns i was like man i'm sorry but it doesn't get crazier than a girl getting abducted that girl's mom falling in love with the abductor. And then, while the abductor is screwing the daughter and the wife, he takes the abductor's father to the park and is like, Hey, hey, buddy, you're going to have to give me a hee-haw. And then he does it? He does it? There were, like, uh, buildings set on fire and aliens and all kinds of stuff. 
charges pressed, charges dropped, all that. That is way crazier than some tigers. And the memes, the memes on Tiger King are way better. No, no debate. And I am, I am a, a meme fan. I would call myself a meme lord. I don't create. Ah, you know what? I'll create a, a few. I like to steal them an awful lot, though. But the memes at Tiger on Tiger King are way better because really. All you got from abducted in plain sight is the picture of the dude that gave the old hee-haw sitting there. Like, that's it. That's all you have. He's the only identifiable guy, uh, RIP legitimately to him, but he's the only identifiable person. But on Tiger King, the ex-husband's identifiable. Uh, Joe Exotic is identifiable. And that bitch Carol Baskin is identifiable. She's missing out if she doesn't market that, man. She needs to be selling that bitch t-shirts. People will buy them, man, right now. They'll buy them right now. They're not going to buy them in a month. She needs to sell them right now. I just thought Abducted in Plain Sight was a lot better. I can't remember if it was feature-length episodes, whatever it was, but I just felt like Tiger King was a little bit too long, man. wasn't for me. Mm. I I would rather go shop for end tables than to uh, watch Tiger King again. Just isn't for me. I, I'd watch some Joe Exotic stuff, and I'm not going to talk a lot of pro wrestling, but I ended up having to write about him because he did promote some pro wrestling. That was pretty wild to figure out, and it, it was pretty much what I figured. I talked to a lot of people that had worked with him, and they were like, yeah, he was a character. He was an on-screen character and all that. He may have lip-synced his music videos. I don't know how real that is. I don't like to do research on this show. Thought about calling it the No Research Allowed podcast, but I don't want to call something the NRA podcast. I think that's a little fucked up. That's my show. Crisp, twenty five minutes or so. I don't know, man. I can't. I can't do this for an hour. Maybe I can. Hopefully, in the future, I'll have a studio when I move. That's all on hold right now, though. I'm stuck in a small town right now as we try to figure out what the hell is going on, man. I don't know if I'm going to get to travel this year, which doesn't break my heart, really, but I'm starting to enjoy it a lot more. Maybe we'll save that for another time. What I call this, the Really Vague Podcast, RVP. There we go. Let me know what you guys want me, want me to talk about. I don't know how often I'm going to do this if I ever do it again. I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Maybe this is maybe this and all of you are victims of circumstance, and I just made you sit through me babbling for 23, 24 minutes for no reason. Maybe I'll never do another one of these again. Wash your hands. See you later. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, 
for the ones who get it done.